Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Fantasy Friday edition of the NFL Roadshow for week number six. Here to help you fill out your fantasy rosters in this, the first week of buys. It gets a little bit more complicated. First and foremost, please check your lineups right now. Get your guys that are on the Niners and the Falcons and the Saints and the Jets out of those lineups. That's Kamara. That's Debo Samuel. That's Corey Davis, maybe. Kyle Pitts. Ooh, tight end, a position we cannot afford to lose anyone at. Already lacking in depth. Kittle, Logan Thomas, both on IR. Luckily, if you have any of the aforementioned guys, this is actually a week where because of the way that the matchups play out, there are a few guys who are viable fantasy options that are not normally viable fantasy options, and we will get to them in this week's low-end plays. Tied into weird position this season. I know, cut, paste, insert every season. Um, that's why I bang on the table every year during draft season uh, to go get one of the top tight ends. Weirdly, though, the guys who fell into that mm, top six tight end category this season um, when we were drafting have not actually turned out to be the guys that fall into that category now. TJ Hawkinson, for instance, I have so many shares of TJ Hawkinson. He is technically still in the top six from a scoring standpoint, but there's a really big 10-point drop-off for the season from number five to him at number six. And he's been kind of a bust these last three weeks, all single-digit games with a combined total of 13 targets in those three games. Kittle obviously isn't in the top six. He's hurt, wasn't playing particularly well before that from a fantasy standpoint. And uh, neither is Pitts. He's not in the top six, though he finally did look like the guy that we thought he was going to be this season when he played the Jets last week in London. All it took, apparently, for him to look that way was for every other Falcons wideout to get hurt. And by the way, here I am raising my hand. I was wrong about him last week. I didn't think that the volume would ultimately go to him because I thought that the Jets would give him um, more defensive attention. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of screamed at my television as that game was playing out, wondering why they weren't doing that, uh, as he ended up catching nine balls for 119 yards and a score. But again, just because I think I was right in the analysis doesn't mean I wasn't ultimately wrong. So here I am raising my hand saying, I hope you played Kyle Pitts and didn't sit him on the bench like I did. (laughs) That didn't work out for me. Anyway. Guys that are in the top five at tight end, Kelsey, obviously, Andrews, literally just because of last week's 41-point performance. The number three is Dawson Knox coming off back-to-back 20-point games, who I picked up off of waivers in two of my leagues just last week. He was still available. And number four is Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, who scored double-digit points in all but one game this year. That was against the Chargers. Worth mentioning, Gronk has missed three games and still has the eighth most points at this position. So that is how thin this position has been this year, which is all a long way of saying, I hope you got a good tight end. And if you did not, we do have some streamers for you coming up. There are also a few good matchups um, at the quarterback position this week. So guys who you otherwise wouldn't have thought about playing, you maybe can think about playing this week, uh, might still be available to you on waivers. And then there are some very interesting low-end plays at running back with Clyde Edwards-Elair and Saquon Barkley both hurt. And Joe Mixon not looking like a sure thing for Sunday's game against the Lions. He only played 28% of the Bengals' offensive snaps last week and did not practice at all on Thursday. 
On top of that, Samaje Pirine, who did play the majority of the game last week for the Bengals, he's now in COVID protocol. So this all changes things from a fantasy standpoint, and I've got a name for you to keep your eye on if you are running short on running backs because of Mixon's injury, or frankly, if you're running short on running backs because of anyone's injury or anyone's COVID because Damian Williams is on the COVID list for the Bears, already a fill-in for the Bears, for David Montgomery. Now he needs a fill-in also in Chicago. That is going to be Khalil Herbert, who, by the way, outsnapped Williams last week and had the same number of touches. So that does bode well for him this week. Um, someone scooped him up already in the one league where I have Williams. So I had to go grab Gio Bernard, who, believe it or not, was the best option out there. But again, we've got other names for you to try in your league if you're in the same boat. So without further ado, some guys who have good matchups and guys who are in good situations this week. Here is Michael Fabiano, my SiriusXM fantasy sports radio partner from the show Fantasy Dirt weekdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's time now to break the huddle. It's the first week of buys. Saints, Falcons, Niners, Jets. Get all of your assets out of your lineup. And good luck finding people to plug in. Um, And that's where we're going to come in here, right? Because we have some low-end plays for you to look for a little bit later on the show. Right now, we're going to discuss our favorite matchup plays of the week. These are not the obvious guys that you're going to play no matter what. These are guys, although I guess in some cases they might be. They might be guys that With you are going to play. With four teams off and all the injuries, some of them are obvious. <laughs> well, I guess the point being, sometimes it's relevant because if you're playing daily, you want to know if this guy that I would definitely play in season long, but if he has a matchup where it's like a smash spot, then Absolutely. I want to know about it. So Correct. Let's go through them position group by position group, starting with the quarterbacks. Who has a good matchup at this position this week? Yeah, like Matt Stafford uh, playing there over in New Jersey against the Giants. Uh, They have given up 20-plus fantasy points to three quarterbacks through five weeks. Teddy Bridgewater had a big game against them. Taylor Heineke's had a big game against them. So uh, I do like the matchup for Stafford. And uh, Joe Burrow, right? And, And, you know, his numbers haven't been bananas good. Right. I mean, no. he's had some some games with some interceptions, but, you know, this is this is the Lions. All right. And uh, this is a defense that you can certainly uh, pick on in the matchups from a fantasy perspective. So there's the- there's not too many Bengals this week that I would not play. Totally agree. Lions allowing eleven point three air yards per target. Yeah. So fire up the Bengals wide receivers. And that's got to bode well for Joe Burrow as well. I totally agree with mm-hmm. you. What about the running back position? Well, we talked about James Robinson with Dave Richard, and he's a must-start. And in DFS, boy, what a heck of a play against Miami, who can't stop the run. Jonathan Taylor, same kind of thing, coming off a big game against the Ravens, and now he's got the Texans. DeAndre Swift, uh, I like him as a borderline RB1 You know, this week. Uh, when you look at the numbers, the Bengals' defense has allowed 14-plus fantasy points to five different running backs, uh, including three backs who have put up 20-plus points. And we all know Swift's got to be a big part of that offense. And I think that game is going to be close. I don't think the Bengals are going to boat race the Lions. I think it'll be a very close game. And then, you know, Daryl Henderson as well. I like the matchup there. There's uh, a lot of reason to like several Rams this week. The Giants have given up uh, the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, an average of 170 scrimmage yards per game to the position. So Henderson is also in that borderline RB1, RB2 category. I agree. I think he's going to have a really good game script. Um, Hear this one out. 
um, I kind of like McKissick this week. And a lot of it has to do with the injuries on the Washington football team at the other positions and also his position Gibson, obviously banged up dealing with the shin injury McKissick's mm-hmm. been like an every other week type of guy seeing as how he's coming off a one point week. Um, that would, if the, every other that week would qualify, yes, yeah. that would bode well for this week. But I think right. the matchup against the chiefs and the chiefs defense is so bad. I think Washington is also going to put points on the board. They're going to move mm-hmm. the ball. Um, but I think that, because their defense is so bad, the Chiefs are also going to do the same. And uh, it's possible that Washington would find itself in a situation where they need to run. I mean, a throw as opposed to run. So the running back that you put back there is somebody. And anyway, I kind of could see McKissick being used a lot more this week. What about uh, wide receivers? I like that call going back to the Kansas City defense. They're giving up 32.6 points per game. That's a league high. They're giving up 437 yards of offense. They're a disaster. It's unbelievable. They're awful. You know what, too? They're actually tied for the most giveaways this year on the offensive side of the football. Like, you never see that from the Chiefs. But uh, it's uh, it's a different season. And uh, I always say the only thing predictable about the NFL is that it's always unpredictable. Moving on to the wide receivers. In this same game, Terry McLaurin. I mean, you want to talk about a smash start? Jeez Louise, this is a smash spot for him. Same thing with Jamar Chase. And Chase Claypool, folks, really good play this week. He had a solid game last week, put up a monster stat line. Now, no Juju Smith-Schuster. And Seattle's defense, they have given up, uh, let's just say, the, uh, excuse me, they have given up seven performances of 16-plus fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, this season, I will spit that out correctly, Rhodes, uh, and the six most fantasy points, the wideouts, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, really good plays, and I like Brandon Cooks this week to bounce back. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Colts defense, I mean, Hollywood Brown had a game against them last week, right? I mean, it, it kind of got into a barn burner somewhat, but I, I think Cooks bounced back, and I, I think he'll have a good game against the Colts. Colts are awful against the pass. They've allowed a league high 15 passing touchdowns and they have Sandejo and Xavier Rhodes dealing with concussions. Yes. Brandon cooks is coming off two rough games and Chris Moore was the guy with a big game on Sunday, pulled up from the mm-hmm. practice squad, pulling down a hundred plus yards. Keep in mind though, he had the same number of targets as cook, just five didn't go crazy in the volume department. So I think it's important not to overreact to what we saw from Moore on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooks still has 28 more targets than the next most targeted person on the Texans, and that's David Johnson. So I really Mm -hmm. like Brandon Cooks. Don't go off him because of that bad outing um, on Sunday. What about the tight ends? Yeah, uh, there's. it's either you know you're starting these guys or you're throwing a dart, really. And Mike Gesicki, I think you know you're starting him this week against the Jaguars. The matchup's right. And then Dawson Knox, you you know you're starting him this week, unless you have Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. Dawson Knox is tight end three. He's unreal. And the matchup on paper isn't good, but the Titans haven't faced any good tight ends this year, really. So it's a deceiving uh, deceiving stat. Start Dawson Knox. Uh, Unfortunately for those of us who have Cole Beasley, that has uh, not been good that that Dawson Knox has emerged, but it has been good for the depth of the tight end position, which we both know can be very, very thin. Okay, this is one you're obviously going to start, but I want to just say it anyway. Mark Andrews, tight end number two. That is almost based solely off what we saw on Monday Night Football when he put up 41 points. He had not scored more than 15 points in a game prior to that. 
but he's running more routes than he's ever run before. The Ravens are throwing more than they have in a long time since he's been on the team. That's partially because they cannot run and the chargers are giving up the second most points per game to tight ends. I think this could be a smash spot for him. Okay. We've got some low end guys. Um, with some DFS price points that you will definitely like. I think a lot of them fall into the flyer category, very boomer bust, but um, those are still ahead a little bit later on in the show. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid, and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, include it with most subscriptions. Right now, Fabs and I are going to take you through our favorite low-end plays for week six. Guys that you wouldn't necessarily put into your starting lineup, if not for a good situation. Guys that maybe are very inexpensive in daily and might return some value for you. So starting mm-hmm. at the quarterback position, I like the first name out of the gate for you. Yep. I agree with this completely. Yeah, Taylor Heineke. Uh, the Chiefs defense has given up an average of 32 points a game to quarterbacks in the last four games. 13 total touchdowns over that time. So Heineke is a very good play. Carson Wentz is a, is a lower-end play against the Texans, and Teddy Bridgewater also in that category uh, in a home game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, I'm going to throw a name out that you might not like. Um, Davis Mills. Okay, I realize last week came out of nowhere and that he was really bad the week before, but the mm-hmm. Colts' defense... Is no bueno. Yeah. So, um, he just put up twenty seven point seven points against the Patriots last week. Now he gets the Colts D that gave up four forty two and four to Lamar on Monday Night Football. I realize that he's not Lamar, but if you're looking to go way down at quarterback, you could pay fifty two hundred dollars for Davis Mills, and he raised the floor for us last week. Yeah. What Very about running backs? Miles Gaskin, who we were all wrong about last week, although we were right that he wasn't going to do anything on the ground, which he didn't. It was everything that he uh, that he could do to to score through the air, which was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Jarek McKinnon and Khalil Herbert should also be owned in competitive leagues. I'm just saying, uh, I would not be surprised. Herbert had more touches and played more snaps than Williams last week in the Chicago uh, backfield rotation. And Jarek McKinnon, I mean, let's not forget. When he's out there, he could be a pretty good back when he's out there. And and now they're going to have the opportunity to use him maybe on passing situations and potentially use him as a uh, as a playmaker out in space where Daryl Williams will be the early down grinder in the goal line back. I think there's a role for McKinnon in that offense, too. Daryl Williams, forty nine hundred dollars on DraftKings. Javante Williams is five thousand dollars. Javante looked good good last week okay i'm gonna give you a name to put on your radar this is apparently the role that i'm gonna play i'm gonna throw out like the full hail mary guys um okay so this is completely contingent on joe mixon either not playing which right now it's looking like he will and or not playing very much like uh we saw last week okay chris evans hear me out um if so Samaj P. Ryan is out with COVID, right? So mm-hmm. then Chris Evans becomes the next in line guy to Joe Mixon. 
So he could see uh, the ball a little bit. If Joe Mixon is limited in any way, he could see it more than the Bengals would actually like. He's playing against the Lions, who, yes, please. And um, he's ranked so low amongst running backs that you have to put his name into the search bar on DraftKings because it takes so long <laughs> to scroll down. He is only $4,000. Right. So mm-hmm. if for whatever reason, Joe Mixon is not looking like he's a full go, full volume play at the running back position, then maybe a flyer on Chris Evans could pay off for you. Interesting. What about, I love that when you disagree with me, you're just like, interesting. No, that I do not that you're co-sign. talking about. If it comes to fruition, absolutely makes sense. And that's kind of what daily is, right? It's like a gamble. That's not a complete and total shot in the dark. Like there's you something gotta, yeah, there, but you, you got to hit on somebody to... that's not yeah, that exactly. Expensive. Right. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Who's the wide receiver 24 right now. He's looked very good. Uh, he's been a very solid flex option. He's got the Texans this week. Although T.Y. Hilton is back at practice, so make sure you keep tabs on uh, his status because we all know that T.Y. dominates the Houston Texans. Uh, Jacoby Myers against my beloved Dallas Cowboys uh, in a game where the Patriots, I think, will be uh, trying to erase a deficit in the second half by throwing the football. Jalen Waddell's got a good matchup against the Jaguars. And then Tim Patrick, mm-hmm. like, nobody talks about how solid Tim Patrick can be. He's been pretty good, especially with Bridgewater out, you know, Jerry Judy will be back at some point here in the next couple of weeks, so you may as well use Tim Patrick while you can. How about Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault? I'm going to go back to this well every single week, apparently, until no, it comes I, listen, to fruition. I mean, Marvin Jones has been good. Last week didn't necessarily play it out well, neither, the way neither that one. I thought it would. But. That was crazy. Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew. I mean, really? They led the team in targets with eight? Really? It was, uh, it was a disappointment across the board there. But it was so one Marvin- week. Marvin Jones is priced at $5,500. LaVisca Chenault is $4,900 on DraftKings. Remember, this is the early game on, in London, so you'd have to get this one in early. The Dolphins are handing out double-digit games to wide receivers left and right among those receivers. And yes, there have been some that are obvious. Like, yes, of course, those guys are going to post double digits. But also, Hunter Renfro has put up a double-digit game against the Dolphins. Ryan Edwards, Henry Ruggs. Nelson Aguilar, Michael Pittman had six catches against them. Jacoby Myers had six catches against them. So Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, LaVisca in particular is very inexpensive. And I think that it's a smart play Um, to your point about Waddle, which is also that same game early in London. uh, He's priced at $4,900. You just figure with Parker injured and fuller out and against the Jags who are third worst against quarterbacks, giving tons of yards up through the air that Mm -hmm. it's gotta pay off somewhere, right. For a wide receiver there, um, or potentially a tight end. Um, but then the X factor there is Tua who's back at practice off. IR. I don't know. Well, remember Tua when he played, I mean, Mike Kosicki was getting nothing and then Brissett comes along and boom, he's, you know, tremendous. So that's something to keep in mind as well. At the tight end position, you and I have the exact same names. Stop copying off of my list, Rhodes. Yeah. Ricky Seals Jones. Right here. Whatever. Yeah. Ricky Seals Jones, uh, who's who's going to play a lot of snaps. And, no Logan Thomas. Uh, and no Logan Thomas against the Chiefs in what should be a high-scoring game. And then Mo Alley-Cox against the Texans. Now that one there, that's the that's a dart throw. I mean, let's. I mean, they're both totally seals Jones. They're both dart throws, but tight end, it's thin. 
If you want to go cheap at that position in DFS, you go out and you grab one of these two guys. Heck, I, I tried to pick up Ricky Seals-Jones in one of my leagues, and he got taken. I'm playing Dan Arnold, for crying out loud. And Morley Cox, you know, he had a big game a couple of weeks ago, but the matchup's right against Houston. Yeah, $3,100. Houston is awful against tight ends. Doyle doesn't have the red zone target. So the play there's Mo Alley-Cox. Again, it's boom or bust. Texans are allowing a league worth 20 points per game to the tight end. That is crazy. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, second most targets last week on the Washington football team and struggling with injuries this week at the wide receiver position. All right, that's going to do it for us today. And we will be back on Monday to see if we were on to anything here. Um, If not, feel free to tweet mean things at us. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Roadshow is also available on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Just download it today, tap podcast, boom, there we are. For video clips of the show and more, please follow me on Twitter, Lindsay underscore Rhodes, also on Instagram, Lindsay Rhodes NFL. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Andrew Emmer. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. And a special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the games, you guys. Serious XM Podcasts.